bought maracas for the episode. But there's no sand in there. They just put one rock. I really hope there's no one in the listening to this that's like, oh, that sounds like a really great maraca. <laughs> just for the record, those are twist ties in a cardboard box. <laughs> there's some guy in Idaho who's like, maraca. <laughs> Exotic. Just figured this huge redneck that's like, hey, Marlene, you ever heard of these maracas? <laughs> Amazing. Uh, all right, well, yeah, welcome to Filmcraft. You know what I realized while I was listening to podcasts today? Mm. We have like no formal introduction. Half the time we don't even say welcome to Filmcraft or the name of the podcast. It's a, it's a little fresher that way. Fresh? Like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Not that fresh. <laughs> that show starts with the same intro. It's not very fresh at all. Like Subway Fresh? Mm. Like Eat Fresh? Or like Citrus Fresh? Yeah, every time I, I need vegetables, I'm like, I should go to Subway. You don't really think that, do you? I do. Actually. Really? Yeah, like if I'm, you know, gonna go for lunch or something or whatever, I'm like, how much should I eat today? And I'm like, I haven't had vegetables in a while. I'll just go to Subway. Just you- get a hit of vegetables. <laughs> but you walk in and you're like, hooked in my veins. <laughs> They're just like sending me avocado juice into my <laughs> into my arm. Uh, yeah, welcome back to Filmcraft. Uh, today we're going to talk kind of a, a dual subject, but mm. it, the same subject at the same time. We could talk about building props and acquiring what you like the physical little things you need to make a movie mm-hmm. and how to save money on those things. We're going to save you some money today, is what we're trying to say. Mm-hmm. So. I think we just start with your thing, the the pepper spray you made for your short, because that looked wicked. And like I know none of the listeners have seen it yet, but when you do see Latif's movie, Crazy for You, this pepper spray looked wicked. So yeah, I mean, I could send you a, a picture I took on my phone. Maybe you can put it in the show notes. Put it whatever. on the gram. I guess it's tough to find like a good bottle. Of um, real or fake? Of fake stuff. Because <laughs> you can get it on like Amazon or something. Oh, but yeah. I needed it to be functional at the mm. same time. I didn't want to use like a, a fake bottle and like you press it and you cut cut away to the other angle mm. and you see some guy go, ah! Or try new like weird VFX. Yeah, it would have looked strange. And it would have maybe became like funny if it was done wrong. So I'm like, I, you know, I... I I want a bottle that you can see the spray coming out of. Mm-hmm. So what we did was, uh, well, sorry, what I did was I went to um, uh, shoppers or just like a local drugstore, wherever you are. And in the travel section, there's like little hairspray bottles. Mm-hmm. And they're about the same size as like a, you know, a small pepper spray thing. And uh, you just find one that kind of feels like it would be the size that the person might carry around um and you test the spray because you you might actually you know for me i wanted to actually spray it in the shots so we see it come out of the can so i would just like stay in that section and just spray a bunch of like small hairsprays and see which one like looked the best because like there's mm-hmm. different kinds of pepper spray and mm-hmm. you know in like in my research there's like the there's kind like that the just thick like, stream kind of thing yeah there's like a, a, a thick stream like almost like a a gel that comes out mm-hmm then there's like some that come comes out in like a foam yeah and then there's some that just comes out like a spray bottle like a mm. little 
liquid. Um, and then the one I was looking for was like an aerosol. Uh, so it comes out like as a, as a mist. Um, and to me, that was the one that in my head felt like it, it's going to look the best. Yeah, it's the most cinematic. Yeah, because like if, if you just have like the, the spray one, it's going to look like you got squirted in the face. Yeah. And it'll just be a little wet. Did you, know, you like, ever consider using shaving cream? No. <laughs> I guess it has no range to it. You'd have to like tilt back the head and empty it. <laughs> yeah, well, because shaving cream, it comes out, but it's kind of like dribbles out of it. Yeah, exactly. And it, it foams, up, foams up as soon as it comes out. Mm-hmm. With the other stuff, it comes out like as like a, as like a you know white like spray. Oh, and once it makes contact. And when it hits you, it starts to foam. I think yeah. like when it hits the person. And, and that would be just way too messy as well. Yeah. So I don't want to do that. So to me, the the aerosol felt the most consistent. So I found the small bottle. I think it was like a Tresemme hairspray, and it was a black bottle. So I got two of those. And what I did was I had like red electrical tape. So I'd tape the bottles completely from the top to bottom and make sure it was like a clear seam um, so it looked just like it was red. Uh, and with that red electrical tra- tape, it's very glossy, and it looks very kind of like a danger sign mm-hmm. so putting that onto that little bottle already it looked like dangerous don't touch this thing mm-hmm. and then i put like a little piece of black tape in the middle of it to to kind of like look like a grip a grip where mm-hmm. it would hold the the can um and that's pretty much what the uh what the pepper spray looked like and i had like a little piece of white tape where you would spray it Mm. Because um, in my, because like I'm designing this can, um, so I, I had to think like if I were designing this pepper spray, you know, how would I make it as functional as possible? So I put the white tape where you put your finger mm-hmm. and, and press down, that way you don't spray yourself. Oh uh, yeah. Because sometimes people spray themselves with pepper spray, which is hilarious. Yeah, and, <laughs> and there there are things you can do to make sure that people don't do that. So I had like a little system that I made up in my head. And then just designed it onto the bottle. So when I handed the bottle to the actor, they're like, oh, this is interesting. This is actually real. Should I not press it? I'm like, no, 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 it's fine. It's hairspray. Mm. And it worked out fine in the scene. It looked good. It functioned as it should um, multiple times. The only downside was it smelled a little funky because it's hairspray. Yeah. (laughs) But you can't smell on Mm. camera. So it, it it was like a... You know, ten dollar investment, two bottles of like travel hairspray, mm. little tape, and you know we're we're good to go. We got some really nice looking props. Yeah. So when you're 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 setting it to do this, I know like one of if if we were to do something similar to this, and like what we don't say, mm-hmm. one of the first things that we would ask is like, how much of this are we going to see on screen? Is it going to be like a a extreme close-up because then you need a lot of detail and whatnot yeah. did you think like okay i'm basically just going to see this in the hand so as long as it's the right kind of colors and more importantly the action of the mist feels appropriate then it's going to sell it or like how much thought did you put into like how much of this are we going to see versus how much detail should you decorate on this can kind of thing um like i i wanted it to look like what it's supposed to but i want i don't want to like go overboard and like completely make it um like with like logos and stuff like that Mm. i thought it should kind of look like 
a generic brand pepper spray. So like you just go to like a camping place and they've got like just this bottle yeah. and it's like it's bear spray and you're like okay cool hmm. but it's, it isn't like a brand because um, uh, like Mace is a, is a brand mm-hmm. um, that you can use um, but it's all technically pepper spray mm-hmm. um, so I, I didn't want to like brand it but I wanted the bottle to look real so like if you turned the bottle around and like looked at it and everything it, it was consistent mm-hmm. Like, if you turned it, like, 90 degrees, you wouldn't see, like, the back of it and, like, you know, the hairspray logo and shit. Yeah. So it was, like, I wanted to cover it completely. So, you know, when it drops or when someone picks it up or if it's, like, you know, on the ground, it doesn't look like, what the hell is that? You you know it's always the pepper spray. Uh, so I didn't want it to be, like, um, confusing at any point. Like, yeah. as soon as you'd see it, you know what it was. But it's only, like, you know actually on camera for maybe like 10-15 seconds Mm -hmm. and then you kind of forget about it it's really more about like what happens after um uh but you know it was important to make sure it looked right I didn't want to like we gotta shoot it from this angle because if we turn a little bit it's gonna look like shit yeah (laughs) like that's (laughs) I always want to avoid that I don't want to because I had time Mm. so you know I had you know, a few weeks where I could, like, figure out how I was going to do the pepper spray. Because, like, I, you know, I talked to my makeup artist, like, hey, you can buy, like, a fake bottle, but there's nothing in it, yeah. and, you know, you can't, you, usually, you'll have to, like, find a way to show that it, I'm like, I don't, I don't, you know, I could do that, but I don't want to go in that direction. Yeah. It's got to be functional. It's like, use something that's not going to kill this guy. The hairspray is very harmless, um, in small amounts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so that you know that's what we went with and no issues see yeah and how much money do you think you saved doing it that way probably you know if if I like had no clue and had to like oh god I gotta figure something out you know could have cost me like 60 to 80 dollars to like do something or hire someone to do something Mm -hmm. but you know with some tape and a little bit of ingenuity (laughs) cost you like eight dollars mm-hmm. and then a couple bucks for tape yeah so uh you, you know you say quote a bit that that could be like a day's like uh Key lunch yeah. yeah yeah so and i think like when people will hear that where i'm asking how much did you save and the answer is 50 bucks it's easy to be like oh it's only 50 bucks who cares but that's 50 bucks for one little prop in the movie. Yeah. Like, if you're doing a movie where you have 50 props and you're saving 50 bucks every time, and those are just props, like, not even taking into account wages and and rentals and all this other stuff. Like, anywhere yeah. you can save money where, like, you don't really need to spend it, yeah. it's going to help you in the long run. Do that. Yeah, because I had to rent gear, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, one of the lights that we rented was about $60 a day mm. uh, so the money so I saved on that goes to like one day of a light rental so mm. that's a lot of uh, help for me especially when you do something on such a tight budget you have to like figure out how to save money in places so yep. in, for me it turned out like I've got this great prop you know I'm proud of like having made it mm-hmm. and I also save money on it and I've you know got the skill that I can do this now yep. so it's basically win-win. a total win yeah yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I remember like when we started talking about the idea of this episode. Um, on the same note of saving money, like in what we don't say, there's a part where people are trying wedding cake, and we're like, okay, well, how much is it going to cost for us to go out and get a bunch of kind of samples of yeah. wedding cakes, right? Turns out a lot. Wedding cakes aren't cheap. So what we did is my wife used to be used to be a baker as her job. She's like, I can make you a bunch of cakes. So she did. And don't be, don't get me wrong, there were nothing fancy. She was like, go buy me cake mix boxes yeah. and icing. And she made like impromptu fondant. Yeah. And then decorated them. But she made us, what, like eight, nine cakes? She made so many cakes that we couldn't give that amount of cake away. That's how much cake we had. <laughs> and it was edible. We did eat it. Um, but with her doing that, I think it probably cost us 20 bucks. With all the ingredients. Yeah. yeah. For nine time. wedding cakes. Yeah. And she was, you know, gracious enough to give us her time. Yes. <laughs> um, compared to if we had gone out and bought nine wedding, wedding cakes. cakes, that'd be, what, a thousand bucks? Probably. Yeah. I mean, even for the samples, it probably would have cost you like at least like two, three hundred bucks, right? Yeah, totally. And if we had gone out and gotten samples, it would just be like single slices of cake, which could have worked equally as well. But with Kate making nine mini cakes. full mini cakes yeah. and like we got different colors, we talked about which colors would pop more on camera and everything. It added to the world more. It saved us some money. It looked better on camera. It felt real. It felt real. Yeah. Unfortunately, Kate's wrists were pretty sore from the kneading of the fondant. But like I said, she's a, she's pretty awesome, so she was cool with it. So all in all, yeah, same kind of thing. If you can do it and it's going to save you cash and look better on yeah. camera, then that's what you're going for. Yeah. Hmm? I mean, there's a lot of, um, you know, you put a little elbow grease in and you get a lot more than... And you bargain for sometimes. It's just like totally. sometimes it's it's hard to put in the extra work, but yeah, I think well, it goes a long way. Yeah, I think sometimes the hardest part about it is finding out how you're going to do it, not the actual executing of doing it. Yeah, it's like we have we have to get X. How do we get that? I don't know. I don't know. And the brainstorming of how to get to that solution without before you actually go and do it can be the most tiresome and the where you're most tempted to say you know what screw it let's just go buy it mm-hmm. um do you want to talk about that example from party stories well it was like doing the uh the production design pretty much for that location yeah this was like the tail end of pre-production yeah. right after everyone got sick and i bleached my house and we lost half of our pre-production <laughs> yeah we, we you know we didn't have a production designer on the project so we had mm-hmm. to kind of do that ourselves and it was just like you know they're all gonna be in this house mm-hmm. and we just have to like make it look half decent and feel like someone lived there yeah and make it feel like it was appropriate for the character so mm-hmm. we went to like a thrift store and just got a bunch of stuff that we thought you know some like 20 something college kids might have in their mm-hmm. apartment and we ended up just finding a bunch of shit that like okay I could see that picking things they're very mm-hmm. inexpensive like props yeah. That we could just like throw up on the walls. Yeah, we probably only spent like 20, 30 bucks. Yeah, and it only took like, you know, an afternoon to find everything. Mm-hmm. You know, just walk through a thrift store and you 
pick shit out. Yeah. And by the end of it, you know, we had a, a good amount of props to make the place look lived in. Because mm-hmm. um, ironically, when you lived there, it didn't look lived in. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we just put like things on walls and put like, you know, a little thing on the table or found like a lamp yeah. for like a side table. And Do you it, remember that? Uh, I don't want to say painting. It was more of like a printed. The tree line. Yeah. So. What kind of... Like a laminate kind of thing? Yeah. Um, it was just... In all fairness, it was like a, a fairly pretty like sunset. So the top half is trees and a sunset. And then there's water in the foreground, which has the reflection. So it kind of looks doubled top and bottom. Yeah. So we bought that. And then we just took Sharpies and like drew Godzilla on it. And <laughs> airplanes crashing into them and shooting <laughs> rockets out of them. Like a tank, yeah. Yeah. Um, Another good example for party stories as well is the shed that we had. We needed a shed as a practical location because in the story they have a little video game room set up in the shed. And when we started looking at, like, how are we going to do this? We're like, well, we'll just go to Walmart and get the cheapest shed we can find and then return it later. But even that was like... Thousand. Eight, eight hundred thousand bucks. Yeah. Like, well, we don't have that kind of money, so what are we going to do? And I went on Craigslist and found a shed. Just like classic tin, very thin piece of crap shed. And I think I got it for like a hundred bucks. You just had to like bring it. Yeah, I had to go get it, which ended up being quite a lot of work because the day before we went to get it, we got a huge snowfall and everything froze to the ground. (laughs) So it was a pain. But the same thing you were saying with the... The pepper spray, like, it's some elbow grease, it's some time you invest, but you're saving so much money, and that money you're saving is going to literally enable you to do this movie. Yeah. So, in the end, you got to do it. Yeah. And uh, I also think, like, those are some of the most enjoyable parts of filmmaking. Yeah. Like, I really like to, like, get my hands dirty and, like, make something or, Mm -hmm. or, or figure out how to put something together that I wouldn't normally be doing in, in normal mm. day-to-day life yeah like these little kind of experiments are, are kind of where the little joys come from mm. so yeah. like when we made uh the stage in the the backyard concert for what we don't say for naomi yeah that, that was a little experiment too yeah we like that. i remember we so the scene that happens it's a singer songwriter and she's playing a little show the characters go kind of thing and initially we had it in the script that it was going to be in like this loft right Mm-hmm. Um, as we got closer to production it was like anyone have a loft anyone know where we can get a loft nope well I got a backyard <laughs> so it became a backyard party and then we were like okay so if we're in a backyard compared to a loft like a loft you can kind of make a bit of a stage a bit easier compared to a backyard but luckily I worked for a company where we had free staging so I could just go there pick out what I needed and we built like we had a whole black stage on a riser and then we had giant truss that would go up and we hung lights from above it we had a, a duvetine backdrop so and everything like you could just go behind there and kind of hide and yeah yeah little, exactly yeah and again like we we asked ourselves can we get loft no what can we get we can get this backyard because I live there and I work at this place so we can get this staging for free. Now we didn't have a team to set it up so that night or No, it was the day. Of. It was the day. Yeah. yeah. Cuz we shot at night. You probably showed up at like 2 and we're like, "Well, 
let's, build this let's figure out what this is going to look like. Yeah. And we had to put it all up ourselves. It was an extra third day of work. Yeah. But like I said, it was, it was a lot of fun. We put it together and then people started showing up and we sat decked it out and it looked great. Yeah. People were like, oh, that looks like a stage. It's like, yes. It's <laughs> a stage. It <laughs> <laughs> well, that looks like a real stage. Yeah. I mean, uh, even the, the van that we rented for the short film like yeah I had to like make it look like a used work van yeah so what kind of stuff did you do for that I just put a bunch of shit in the van (laughs) that I you know I thought like you know this handy handy man has a bunch of like tools and shit in the Mm -hmm. back of his van that he's gonna always keep in there so I looked in my dad's garage and it's the same st- same stuff. It's like, what, what would yeah. someone who uses a bunch of tools and shit just have lying around? Mm-hmm. So I opened the garage and I'm like, great, this looks exactly like the stuff. <laughs> some milk crates, some hammers, and, you know, a leveler, a drill, a bunch of, you know, like, chain and mm. tubing and uh, PVC pipe. It's like the kind of stuff you'd expect. Yeah. And if this is like a general all-around handyman, he's going to have a bunch of shit like this. Yep. So you figure out what works. You put it into the van. You kind of know it, you know, because like I, I have like some experience with like that kind of stuff from back in the day. So I kind of know like what a work van would look like. You know, I kind of know my way around some tools. So pick whatever uh, would make sense in my head and put it into the van. And then that's his work van. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did that all the night before we started shooting. Yeah. You needed, like, um, didn't you say you had to build, like, a, a fake wall in there as well? No, it wasn't a fake wall. We needed a... Um, a divider. Yeah, a bulkhead mm-hmm. that separates the drivers from the cargo. That And you, you didn't, it didn't come with that. You made that, right? No, no, it came with it. Oh, I thought you didn't make it. Because I was going to make one. And then we found a van that had one in it. It, sold. Oh, perfect. it was like the perfect kind. But what I needed was to put a curtain over it. Mm. So the way I did that was I got um, basically like a, a PVC pipe and I, and I put it in the van um, right up against the divider. Mm. And I put it like a curtain over it and just attached like clips to it. Okay. So it's just like a functioning curtain in the van. But, you know, again, that's like something I had to build. I had to mm-hmm. find a, a piece of fabric I found like a pink floral thing and mm. I thought that was ridiculous so I put that in <laughs> um, you know but little choices you, you figure things out and you 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 know just try to make it work because I'm not mm. a production designer mm. but I did take the class in film school and I had a lot of fun doing it because it was so hands-on um, and I always did like building things and putting things together from when I was younger so I'm like I gotta put this van together it wasn't like, oh God, it was more like, this will be a little work, but it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. By the time you get through it, you're like, okay, you know, this curtain works. I got some carts in there or whatever. It looks like a place yeah. people might hang out. So yeah. that was kind of the, the goal. You know, just from having this conversation, I think what it kind of boils down to is like when you, ha- when you know you need something for whatever shot it may be, or even your entire movie, mm-hmm. And you don't quite know how you're going to get there without going out and buying the most expensive or just from your shoes unaffordable version of that thing. Just don't be intimidated by trying to find the example. Get excited by it, you know? Because if you get intimidated, you might get freaked out and it might get to a point where you're like, I really have no idea how to do this. And that's where you start to panic. You run out of time and 
you unfortunately, if you have no time, you got to spend the money on something that's already done or made or whatnot, depending on what it is. So just think about it early enough and get excited by the idea of problem solving and making it add to your whatever world you're creating for your movie. Yeah, with with film stuff, I think people get really like, oh, it's got to be good and it's got to mm-hmm. look real, which is important. But sometimes people do really fake things that we can't really tell are real. It's, mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot. Of, it, it is a, in in a way movie magic because mm-hmm. you know you think about every gun you've ever seen in a movie is fake. Yeah, right? I hope. Uh, <laughs> But I don't think anyone's like carrying an actual machine gun around in a movie set, mm-hmm. <laughs> which would be ridiculous. Yep. Um, uh, these, these are all props, um, mm. and they're people who are actually in charge of like making the stuff look real. So when you're making smaller films, it could be very daunting to think you have to like live up to that that level. But mm-hmm. I, I assume if you're just making um, you know films about normal life and stuff, it isn't so hard to source mm. things because you could just take things you own. Yeah take things from your own life you know what on that note of guns too um we have a prop gun yeah that it's this big beefy silver silver revolver mm-hmm. like the thing looks deadly <laughs> yeah and when we went to go make the movie we knew we needed that um a gun with that kind of intensity i guess you would call it mm-hmm. and we're like well where are we going to get this and what we ended up doing was it's a uh, not a pellet gun, an airsoft gun. Like it shoots the little orange balls when you put a CO2 canister in it. Yeah. Um, but it's designed in a way that made it look extremely real. Aside from, there was a a little orange dot on the sight of it, I guess, at the front. Yeah. Which we took off with nail polish remover, so it looked like the whole thing's shiny silver. It looks yeah. great. And then there was a little name on the side of it that had been printed that was very clear it wasn't a real gun name and i think nail polish remover for that as well just took that right off and like honestly if we were to just walk around with that thing we would get arrested for sure (laughs) arrested would get shot (laughs) yeah that too um and the thing is totally harmless like there even if it had a co2 canister and the little orange pellet in that like, it would, unless it got you in the eye, it could never hurt you, you know? Yeah. So once you don't have those little pellets in there and you take the CO2 canister out, it's the most harmless thing ever. And we got it for 80 or or $100. And we will literally have that forever now. And in terms of if you need a gun, it's like the perfect prop, as long as you're going for a big, beefy revolver. <laughs> yeah. You just got to be, like, wary of using it on, on a film. You know, you can't be like, streets. this is the beach robbery scene. <laughs> you know, that wouldn't be a great... <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I used it in, in my short film, but it was like in a car, mm-hmm. in a covered area, Yeah. you know, where not a lot of people were walking by. Mm-hmm. But if you're like, carnival murder scene, <laughs> action. <laughs> Nobody knows what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. You've got like a camera a mile away on a tripod. Yeah. <laughs> Action. This is on a long lens. <laughs> Remember, put the gun in his mouth. <laughs> Action. <laughs> did uh, you use that one for Sid and Billy as well? I did, yeah. Yeah. But again, like middle of nowhere. Yeah, like I think the first time you see it in that movie, they're in like the woods or something, right? So we yeah. went to a very non-populated area. They're in the... They're like in... 
by a river, like in the outskirts of like a industrial island. Mm-hmm. So you can't really like see anything. Yeah. And even then, like I remember we had, I think I was keeping a lookout just in case like someone came by or yeah. like, just so you know, like we're filming over there. There's a prop. Gone. Yeah. <laughs> and it was in a place where we knew no one would ever go down, but yeah. just in the off chance, you know, we weren't just there and someone couldn't turn the corner and interpret that we're making like a snuff film or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to kill this little kid in this movie. For real. <laughs> He's my brother. <laughs> he is your brother. Who <laughs> um, is very much alive, for the record. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people can... I mean, there are times in film school where that happened. Where, what, what kind of stuff? Well, just gun stuff. Like, oh, there's a gun in this student film we're making. Mm-hmm. And they just, like, go to a park. And I'm like, what are you thinking? Like, <laughs> you know, like, there's there's ways to navigate. Again, because I, I, I'm not advising people, like, yeah, you can use a gun. Mm-hmm. I have. Because, you know, you're supposed to have, like, Permits um, and cops. Yeah, and all that stuff. <laughs> and, you know, for us, like, for me, I can't do that. I can't no. get, like, a police officer by the hour or, like, a an armorer on my short film. It's not mm-hmm. going to happen. So I just use the prop gun, but I do it in a very controlled environment. And you scout the places first. Exactly. That's huge. Not just once, either. A yes. bunch of times. Yeah, you got to know what's going on. And yeah. I only use the gun once in the film, but... If you're like, hey, this is like a gun chase movie. First, they start at this elementary school. (laughs) (laughs) Then they go to parliament. (laughs) Then they go to parliament. And then it all goes to shit in the church. (laughs) And you're like, oh, this is a student film, by the way. (laughs) It's like, what? (laughs) Be careful, even if they're props. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I I don't like to have guns and... In films, like, mm-hmm. as, like, a... It's cool and, like, you know... It's edgy. Because every time I've used a gun in my film, it's kind of been ironic. Mm-hmm. I've only done it twice. Yeah. First time, it was, like, ironic and kind of, like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. And that was the point of it. Mm-hmm. And then the second time, it was, like, aggressive. Mm-hmm. But in a way that was, like, kind of cowardly. Yeah. Um, and that was the point of that. Um, and you kind of... Uh, figure out by the end of it like this guy would never use a gun yeah, yeah. Um, and that was the point of it uh, but it's never like he pulls a gun out and like puts it on his forehead sideways and he's like <laughs> get ready to die bitch it's like it's not, nothing like that because that would be like the ironic like glorifying how guns yeah. are used and just totally. like making it ridiculous and like I don't I don't think um, uh, that's something I'm interested in anyways that's I don't good know. Yeah. That actually reminds me of Christopher Nolan's movie following his first one. Yeah. Uh, there's a scene where I'm pretty sure they're mobsters break into the main guy's house. Yeah. And they hammer his hand because he's done something. I can't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. But I remember Christopher Nolan talking about that scene. And he's like, in the original script, it was a gun. But the thing is, when you're shooting on such a low budget, and with him, he was shooting film. So, like, he really had no money. All the money was going towards the film stock. Yeah. He's like, guns are really hard to make realistic, especially when they're shooting. Mm-hmm. If you don't have, um, like, blanks. squibs, blanks, VFX. And he's like, we didn't have any of that. But yeah. you can make a hammer look pretty realistic for basically nothing. It's made of foam. Right. So he went with the hammer instead of the gun. And actually it turned into a much more 
intense scene because you're watching the dude and like you don't see his his hand hand get hammered but you see like close up and the hammer's coming down and then it cuts to him freaking out and it it really sells it whereas they had a gun with nothing to sell the gun for being a gun then it would have been terrible right right so just because you think you know i'm gonna have a gun it's gonna be cool if you don't have any money it's gonna be like yeah i got a gun and it sucks (laughs) and we just kind of feel that it doesn't isn't feel real yeah yeah uh I, i think there's like a there's a weird uh mysticism around guns yeah like not I don't mean like in general I mean for some people Mm -hmm. there's like an idea of the gun being like this cool thing yeah and then you put it in there and you inject it into the thing you're doing and it just doesn't like do anything yeah I think a lot of the time to actually this could be a really good mental exercise because there's been a couple people I've showed showed slash talked to you about it that have sent us scripts and there's always a gun in it mm-hmm. but the script always sucks so bad yeah and i'm like i think the reason that you think this is good to the writer is because there's a gun in it right so do the mental ex- exercise of if there was no gun what happens mm-hmm. you're like well nothing happens I'm like then there's your problem nothing happens in your script just because there's a gun doesn't make it interesting mm-hmm. you know unless it's like ralph wiggum has a gun <laughs> then that's interesting <laughs> Well, there, there is something, uh, I, I do think there is something to the idea of a gun. It does mm-hmm. suggest something, and you can use it effectively in ways, but I think if you use it as, like, a, as a way to, like, inject more, uh, you know, action or mm-hmm. to make something feel uh, just a little more intense than it is, I don't think the gun necessarily does that. Yeah, but, yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree. I think, and in the ways that I'm, I'm talking about here, a lot of the time it's bland characters have gun, and the gun's supposed to make them an interesting character. But they're, right. at the end of the day, they're still just a bland character with a gun. Like yeah, guns don't make anything. bland people interesting, right? Ninety nine percent of the time, unless it's Ralph Wiggum, you know. But, yeah. But yeah. but you take an ordinary character and give them a gun, then it becomes mm-hmm. interesting. Like. You know, you give Walter White a gun, you're like, Yeah. That guy shouldn't have a gun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it becomes very like, what the hell? Yeah, but the What's thing, going on? The thing is, like, even if Walter White didn't have the gun, he'd still be interesting. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. But it becomes like... Um, Elevated? Yeah, you're kind of like, that guy shouldn't have a gun. Mm-hmm. I gotta keep watching what he's gonna do. Yeah. It's not gonna end well. And I think the <laughs> thing that is really smart with Walter White, too, as well, is you... You're like, okay, this is a dude that's down and out. I get this character. He would never use a gun, mm. but he's being pushed to such limits that they might make him use a gun, and it would still be believable, too. Like, mm. if he was to shoot that guy, I would believe that. Mm. But I think the thing they did really, really right in Breaking Bad was they was stuck to character. And, like, Walter White doesn't do crazy stuff until Walter White isn't really Walter White mm-hmm. anymore, right? It would be different if, like, the first ep- at the beginning slash end because the beginning and the end of the first episode is the same thing he has that gun mm-hmm. and the cops barreling towards him but he's not open firing he's not crazy right then it took five seasons to get there right yeah. and that's what they did really right compared to you know I wrote a script about a teacher he has a gun okay <laughs> crazy right <laughs> <laughs> huh. 
Well, it's just, you know, symbolism too. Like I, you know, I, I remember in Goodfellas, mm-hmm. uh, well, it's hard to forget the scene where, uh, um, he confronts the dude that like was, you know, being a little weird with his, uh, girlfriend, mm-hmm. uh, Ray, Ray Leo's character. Yeah. And he just walks across the street and just like beats him in with, with the gun. He pistol whips him mm-hmm. and he goes back to the girl and hands her the gun and says, here, hide this. And and she's looking down at this bloody gun, mm-hmm. and you get like this kind of weird, kind of like blood pack between them. Yeah, between this gun and it's just like a very strange, mm-hmm. strange weird bonding thing. moment. And then the scene later when she's like freaked out, and he wakes up, and she's got the gun pointed at him. Mm-hmm. I whenever I see that, I always go, "Fuck!" <laughs> it always gets me. I'm, I'm leaning back, and I'm kind of like, "Oh God, it's going like, down." You know, you've got this like hysterical woman with this gun pointed at you mm. and the way it's shot like it's pointed at the viewer and yep. it, it always like it always makes me a little uneasy mm-hmm. but I'm like that's effective you know that's how mm-hmm. you can use these things in a way that's really like powerful yeah whereas opposed to like I don't know any fucking superhero movie mm-hmm. all the soldiers have like guns and they're just shooting at everything and it's just like <laughs> ridiculous I, sorry I, I didn't mean to point out superhero you know, movies that's kind of a good good point though because it's like action movies well even superhero movies like yeah. um, take Superman for example Man of Steel tons of people with guns yeah. you remove those people with guns nothing happens because mm. those guns can't do anything to Superman and those people yeah. <laughs> they're just there for I'm not going to go down that road Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to cut that thought off right there um, continue Latif yeah, well, I mean that—that's the—that's the—that's the point. I think, you know, when people talk about Scorsese and his films, they're always like, "Oh, they're so violent and, and all this," and at a very surface level, it's like, "What does it all mean? Like, mm. what are you actually getting from it?" And I think when he does violence, he does it in a way that it, that really puts it under a, under a microscope, mm. where you can really see the details in a way that makes that makes you think about like you know like how does this implicate the person Mm. committing the violence and how do we feel about it watching it whereas opposed to if some guy like shoots someone and he falls down and goes ah and then the car just drives off and then like six other people get killed Mm -hmm. the implications of the violence aren't really felt but you know and and, you know goodfellas when they knock the guy onto the ground and start kicking him and stabbing him Mm -hmm. and he gets shot at some point at you know um, in the car at the end yeah. and Joe Pesci stabs him like 15 times you're kind of like these people are fucking crazy <laughs> and then that's the point yep um, so it, it's using that it's using guns and violence in a very effective way yeah um, which I think is pretty yeah. and again character driven exactly those characters are interesting without guns <clears throat> but once you give them guns yeah it doesn't really yeah hmm that was a good gun talk. <laughs> good gun talk, pal. <laughs> Let's go shoot some guns. <laughs> <laughs> the end of the episode is just like... <laughs> and then one of it goes, Ow! <laughs> I was watching 30 Rock yesterday. Okay, well, Tracy Jordan, he one episode he finds out that he has a, a kid that's like 40 that he hasn't met and he takes his kid under his wing and the kid wants to be an entrepreneur so he keeps keeps giving him money to do businesses 
But mm-hmm. then Jack's like, you gotta cut him off because it's not doing him any good. So they decide instead of Tracy giving him money, they're gonna raise money. So he has one idea that it's something about like going to Mexico and starting a gun range. Mm-hmm. So they try and get an investor from Mexico and they call it like the top coke dealer in Mexico. And he hates the idea so much that he shoots his phone with his gun to end the conversation. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That show is so good. <laughs> Alright, well, I think that feels like the conclusion of this episode. Yeah. This is a good one. I had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Ended up being more so about props. We should name this one Props and Guns. It's Not gun, and, like gun props talk. and guns. <laughs> like Guns and Roses? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Guns and Props. Gun Talk. Gun Talk. We should do a new podcast called Gun Talk. <laughs> and and just this episode over and over again. We'll have to kind of like spice up our accents a little. Mm, we so got a little with the southern drawl. But then it should just be about like how bad guns are. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of dudes are like, gun dog, this sounds great. And they're listening to it like, okay, okay. I like the drawls. <laughs> sounds right. But <laughs> <laughs> something's off. Something wrong, wrong with this podcast. Wait a minute, they just say guns are bad? Turn it, turn it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, until next week, it's been Filmcraft. Yeah, not crass. Filmcraft. Mm. Sorry, I'm just so revved up with guns. <laughs> I'm Matt Ralston. That's Latif. Good night. And I don't even know if we're brought to you by Pippa anymore. They got bought. We're brought to you by whoever bought Pippa. Mm. Still figuring that one out. Yeah. I really wish that that part was a video because I just kind of stared blankly after because I didn't know what to say after we're brought to you by whoever bought Pippa. But we'll know soon enough. Yeah, we'll get back to you on that one. Rain check. Mm. All right, bye. Guns.